You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Hey, Phantomaniacs, welcome to the newest episode of the Needless Things Podcast, where we talk about toys, movies, music, and all manner of pop culture dorkery. You can find the Needless Things Podcast on iTunes and on Stitcher, and also at needlessthingssite.com, the website that I own and operate, and me and my cast of talented writers contribute no less than five posts a week on the various topics that we as big giant nerds are interested in. Today's episode is brought to you by Welcome to Tiki Z's, the official soundtrack of the comic book Tiki Zombie from New Legend Productions. I'll talk a little more about that in a minute, but for right now, you can go to tikizombie.net or newlegendproductions.com to check out more about Tiki Zombie. Be sure to do that, and this soundtrack is awesome, and I'm going to be playing a little bit from it in just a minute. But before I get to that, I want to talk about the fact that I'm going on vacation. As a matter of fact, uh, by the time you hear this, I will be on vacation, or will have been on vacation, if you're not a timely listener of the show, which, who knows, maybe it's 2020, and you've just found this because you're interested in the idea of whether or not pop culture icons uh, can still occur, which is the topic of today's show. But uh, more on that in a minute. I, I'm going on vacation. I'm going to Wilmington, North Carolina. It's where uh, the senior troublemakers live. Uh, actually, my, my whole family is up there. And we're going to go spend some time at the beach. We're going to relax. And, uh, you know, I'd like to say I'm going to I'm going to cut the lines. I'm going to be off the grid, but I know I won't because there's just no reason to be. I mean, I can still have fun and enjoy myself and put pictures up on Instagram. Uh, while we're up there, we'll be going to a place called the Brown Coat Theater or Brown Coat Pub and Theater. I'm still not clear on that. What is the deal with pubs? Because when I was doing MCW, we had Club Famous or the Famous Pub, but they're the same place. Uh, people don't want to commit to the pub thing, I guess. But anyway, uh, the Brown Coat Theater. So if anybody is in or around the Wilmington area uh, next week, then l let me know what's going on at that place. I know they do plays. I know they have open mic nights, which I would love to do while I'm up there. Uh, lots of stuff going on in that place, from what I understand. So we might be there Sunday to watch Game of Thrones because I really don't want to struggle through it on the laptop with my parents' bad Wi-Fi connection. But we'll see. Game of Thrones, my gosh, that's a whole episode. I, I Once the season's over, I think I'm going to have to gather together the uh, Throneaholics, Gameaholics. What, what do you, what do we, what do you people call yourselves? I don't feel like I can label myself 
as a true Game of Thrones fan, because even though it is my favorite television show of all time now, uh, I haven't read the books because I don't want to read the books until I know for sure that nothing's going to be spoiled because one of the delights of the television show to me is the fact that you have no idea what's going to happen. Everybody is a potential victim. Anything can happen. And I I love that aspect of it. Uh, This past episode, spoiler alert, uh, from this last Sunday night, I spent the last 15 minutes or so of the episode clenched because I was positive Jon Snow was going to die. There was no doubt in my mind from the time he got out of his little canoe and started talking to the wildlings uh, to the time he was standing until uh, till the credits rolled. Really, I was waiting for him to die, uh, and and I was I was so clenched to the whole. I was literally on the edge of my seat, every muscle in my body tense. So like once I finally relaxed, I was like sore. I was like oh, uh, and I, I cherish that about that show because they create characters who have interesting powerful journeys but they also let us know that they could be snuffed out at any time we have seen the worst happen to the best people i mean the the first season the the main character was murdered uh spoiler alert at the end of the first season it it lets you know this is where we stand Uh, hang in there so i i love it i love it i love seeing cersei lannister brought low the way she has been and we're going to see where that goes. I can't imagine, and I don't want to know. So maybe after next season, I'll read the books because I'm dying to. I love reading. I love. It doesn't come up a lot on the show aside from maybe talking about comic books. But you know, my first dorkery was was fiction, fantasy fiction. Uh, David Eddings, Piers Anthony, uh, all of the Dragonlance books, all that stuff. Man, I mean, that was that and Stephen King. That's how I spent my high school years. That's why I'm now stuck in a day job that I hate with a podcasting job that doesn't pay me a dime because I spent high school reading fiction. Did me no good, uh, except maybe made me very slightly more interesting and a thousand times dorkier than I would have been. Uh, but yeah, I love, I, I want to read those. They're on the list. So going on vacation, uh, going to the Brown Coat Theater hopefully going to jungle rapids up there in wilmington maybe we got some north carolinians listening uh, or, or south carolinians too because they're they're to a certain extent uh you guys kind of share space for me because i had family in south carolina for a very long time and uh that that's sort of another place i i think of like the carolinas are very homey to me uh, i i like them in wilmington uh, i mean i was born in gastonia but when we were five, we moved to Georgia. So uh, my family has been in Wilmington my whole life, so we would always travel up there to visit them. So Wilmington, I mean, honestly feels like home. Uh, it really does. So I'm excited to be going back up there. And my point with all this, uh, aside from letting you guys know that I'm going to be relaxing for a week, is I'm taking the week off. Next week we have uh, posts from Beth, uh, posts from Jerry, and we've got three guest contributors that maybe will end up being regular contributors because that's something I'd, I'd be interested in is just adding people to the roster. I, I would like to get to the point where needless things just posts go up when they go up. You know, right now we do Monday through Friday at 11 a.m. Uh, Jerry does his at 1230 because he wants to and why not. Uh, but Monday through Friday once a day, basically. Every once in a while there'll be something so big uh, that I, I feel like I need to to get it out there 
but that's usually the schedule. But I would love to just have people posting whenever they want to post. Uh, that, to me, would be great. I would love to have a, a huge range of contributors reporting and writing on all sorts of different things. And uh, maybe we'll get there, maybe we won't. Uh, all that really matters is that you guys enjoy what we do. And let us know you enjoy what we do. We have a new Needless Things podcast group on Facebook. So go on there, look up Needless Things Podcast, join the group. We want your input. Join the conversation. Bring us ideas for the site, for the show. If you're if you're doing a thing, if you're a performer, if you're a writer, if you're an artist, you know, let me know. Say, hey, Phantom, we want to come on the show, and I'll do it. Believe me. I love interviewing people. I love having guests on. So uh, even if there's just something you want to talk about, if you're like, hey, are you ever going to do a show on Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Uh, I would say, I'm sorry, but all the slots are filled. Uh, but if you've got another idea, then yeah, maybe you want to do something on, I don't know, Space 1999. I don't know anything about it, but if you do, I'll be happy to have you on the show and moderate a panel of guests. That would be super. That'd be fun. Maybe we want to talk about 80s television, Knight Rider, A-Team, uh, done deal, actually. We need to make that happen, because that would be really fun. But anyway, today's episode happened in a really weird way. Uh, we were watching the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view, WWE, and if you're not a wrestling fan, don't tune out, because we managed uh, to make this not really about wrestling. Uh, what happened is we it was me and my buddy Jason and Mike Gordon watching the pay-per-view, and we got to talking about if there could ever be a true competitor for WWE. I say no. Uh, they did not agree with me. And from there, the conversation kind of got into the difference in pop culture and media between now and the 80s. And I maintain that we will never again have superstars the way that we did in the 80s. And those guys didn't agree with me. And when the conversation ended, you will be interested to find out where everybody stood. Uh, did we change our minds? Did we change each other's minds? Uh, do we feel differently? And that's what conversations are all about. And this was a good one. And, and unfortunately for you guys, you're going to be coming in about after about 40 minutes of talk <laughs> because we were just sitting there talking like we do and a couple of times i said why aren't we recording this and didn't get up because we were just talking and i was like well we've kind of worn the subject out at this point it would be silly to start recording it and then said it again why aren't we recording this and finally i said stop stop and i went to get my voice recorder and i couldn't find it because it was upstairs uh, so I recorded a conversation on our phone. I think we did a pretty good job of catching you guys up right at the beginning. And we certainly carried it on uh, in new and interesting ways. And what happened is the wrestling topic got left behind. So if you're not a wrestling fan, don't worry. Uh, the only frame of reference here for you is going to be Hulk Hogan. And everybody knows who Hulk Hogan is, which is kind of the point of the conversation. Uh, but the specifics of wrestling and wrestling companies, we really don't talk about too much at this point. We'd kind of move past that into a different conversation. So you guys are coming in or about the 40-minute mark, uh, but it is a defined second half of a conversation. So you're not really – you missed some good stuff – 
but we recap pretty well and then move on into different uh, territory or, or new discussions of the same territory, I guess. So I hope you guys enjoy this one. We had a lot of fun doing it because it was impromptu. It was out of nowhere. We hadn't planned on recording, certainly not about this topic. And uh, it just happened. And it was one of those delightful things. You know, there's so many times in life where I've said, why am I not recording this? And this time I finally I recorded it. So this is a spontaneous conversation that ended up being uh, great and interesting. And you guys are going to like it. But before we get to it, here is a track from our sponsor, Tiki Zombie, welcome to Tiki Z's, the soundtrack to Tiki Zombie. And what I'm going to play here is Tiki Zombie in Action. It's the third track on the album. It's by a good friend of mine named Timothy Price, a man whose talents uh, I'm envious of. He's good at lots of things, which, you know, I, I, I love that. I love people who, who can do lots of different things and who are creative and successful and awesome. And also, it makes me a little jealous, but Timothy's such a beautiful guy that what are you going to do? So here is Tiki Zombie in Action from Welcome to Tiki Z's. Phantom Troublemaker here. Uh, we have just watched the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view. I am sitting with Jason Frazier and Mike Gordon. Guys, Howdy. welcome Hello. to welcome to potentially a portion of the Needless Things podcast. Uh, we've been talking for about 40 minutes now about the nature of entertainment uh, and, the, as I have been saying, the mega-celebrity. I have the opinion that we will never again see the likes of Hulk Hogan. That Stone Cold and The Rock were were better athletes, better performers, have done bigger things, have drawn more money, but that nobody can ever again equal the worldwide recognition of Hogan because media now 
is too niche. It's too available. You can watch whatever you want. Whenever you want, you can find your particular interest. And it just... It's it's not possible. And these gentlemen do not agree with me. So we've been having a fantastic conversation. And honestly, I feel a little bad. I, I, I said like three times, why aren't we recording this? And I finally decided to record uh, because it's just too good. Uh, Jason, you were getting ready to make a point. Okay. I remember in a conversation we've had previously where you were talking about listen, growing up listening to music and there's a certain age where you stop. 32. Where you stop uh, appreciating new artists out there. Right. I think what you're experiencing, uh, seeing Hogan as the end-all, be-all greatest wrestler of all time, is that's your first experience into wrestling. That is what, to you, what opened you up to wrestling when you were growing up. So to you, that is the end-all, be-all God, because if it wasn't for Hogan in WrestleMania 3, you probably wouldn't have as an appreciation for wrestling as you do today. So it's kind of, you know, it's, that's your... It's like watching a movie for the first time. You're like, oh my god, this is awesome. I, I see what you're saying, but I'm talking about Hulk Hogan. I'm talking about, as, as Mike brought up, Kiss. I'm talking about that that level above superstardom that people achieved in the 80s that there's a reverence that you speak of Hulk Hogan and Kiss, and and I wish I had more examples, but this is who we've been talking about for the past 40 minutes, that, you know, nobody looks at Buck Cherry as legendary, and nobody ever will. I mean, name me... One band from the 90s that you think will ever compare with Kiss or Led Zeppelin? From the 90s? Even Nirvana, I don't think will ever be treated with the same reverence. I mean, look, we're we're 20 years past Nirvana at this point. True. And while they, they certainly garner respect, they're not Led Zeppelin. They're not Kiss. They're right. not... Right, but that's just with rock. Sure. You're saying, but that's not the whole of music. No, it's not. I mean, you know, was... was Okay. And, and, and you know, forgive me, but, you know... It, it, You're going to say know, his with, name, aren't with, you? With pop stars, you know, they still are huge, and they still are, are worldwide phenomenons. But Michael Jackson. Who can compare to Michael Jackson? There are, in history, there are a select few that will always get over. Like there's going to be that one person that uh, that select few that that break the mold and and become worldwide phenomenons, become legends. Mm-hmm. Whether it's Elvis Presley, whether it's Babe Ruth, whether it's Hulk Hogan, you know. And is it possible? I mean, you're saying it's not possible to ever have for them anymore, to, anymore for anything. That's my stance, and and I don't agree with that. I think there's always a possibility that the next big name, whether it be in pop. Rock, wrestling, acting, tiddlywinks. <laughs> is, is possible. Look, with the nobody, right no, nobody will ever top Mortimer Standish's Tiddlywinks Championship of 1986. That record will not be topped. Nobody will ever have more worldwide recognition in the world of Tiddlywinks. How dare you, sir? I mean, we're just, you know, rewatching. <laughs> 
the pay-per-view now. And it's going to be really hard to have this conversation while the best match of the decade is going on. Kevin Owens is coming out, and I'm not saying that Kevin is that caliber, but you yourself said that there were a lot of things about him that you haven't seen in a wrestling Absolutely. Absolutely. So is it possible that this guy could, could transcend and be the next big thing? I don't know, but, I mean, certainly... He's as likely as anybody else at this point. He could revolutionize the industry, but could never become the worldwide phenomenon that Hulk Hogan was. I see. I, I disagree because I think just as as you know, people would have before Hulk. There's a lot of people that people would have said, "No, they're never going to beat this person." Bruno San Martino. Yeah. Sure. It's it's just not going to happen. And, Frank Gotch. And yet, and yet, you know, some individual comes along and does something absolutely amazing and is able to touch millions and millions and millions of people worldwide, and and is marketed correctly, um, and has a machine behind it, you know, and then it will do it. I mean, I don't know if we'll ever see it in wrestling, but I think it, the possibility is there, and I think you know it only takes. You know, as we were talking about with the other, you know, wrestling venues that there are out there, if they get a hold of someone like that, then it would be possible for them to leverage themselves in a way that they might not ever beat the WWE, but they would certainly make become like because right now it's really the WWE spacebar, 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 <laughs> like everybody else. Yeah, right? yeah. So. I mean, you know, Nitro was the only one that came close, beat him for a little while, and then, you know, did some really stupid things. So that tells me that it's still potentially possible for someone to come do that. But even then, and, and for the listeners that, that are coming in on this conversation, un- unfortunately for you guys halfway through, right, exactly. Um, three of us in the, this room. The root, the root of this conversation was, can anybody ever truly compete. I don't think we were even talking about beating WWE. I think we were just talking about competing with WWE. Right. And I say no. I say it's not possible. WWE is 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 Hydra at this point. They're too worldwide. They've got all the right fingers and all the right places. They've figured out social media. They figured out distribution. I mean they, they have their own digital network and you know Poor decision. This is the thing. There are too many factors that have to come into play for a whole company. I'm not saying that Lightning can't strike and that TNA or Ring of Honor or whatever Jeff Jarrett's global fight union or whatever the crap he's claiming he's going to start up. And I love Jeff Jarrett. I say that as a huge fan of Jeff Jarrett and everything he's done in wrestling. Are you afraid he's listening? Um, he might be. You don't know. Uh, Joey, <laughs> that, Be- Joey be- Belladonna read my post about Anthrax, so anything is possible. That would be some interesting email coming in. It, it would. <laughs> hey, hey, Dave West, this is J-E-F-F-J-A-ha-ha-R-R-E-ha-ha-T. All right, anyway. Um, but... I'm not saying one of those guys couldn't just get absolutely straight gold and find the next huge talent, maybe the next Brock Lesnar, the next Stone Cold, 
but there are so many factors now that go into a promotion. You have to make good booking decisions. You have to have good distribution. You have to have a full... You have to be able to supply that product. It's not just putting that one guy out once a week to have a match. You've got to have a whole roster of people capable of supporting that guy. And... You know, wrestling fans, wrestling is different now. That's another aspect of this whole conversation. Back then, you still had kayfabe. You still had people, I would say even a majority of the audience, that were buying into what was being sold. Absolutely. Now... It was more regional. Yeah, it was more regional. There and, and, you know, in addition to the mystique of the individuals, there was the mystique of the sport. Now... Everything's on the internet. We all know that it's, uh, you know, I will never refer to wrestling as fake. Because it is it is not fake. It is choreographed. It is well planned. Ballet. It is scripted. It is entertaining. Yes. And we all know that now. And so the, that strips away that that one layer of mystique and that one layer of, of that's essential to that mega stardom uh, that, that I, I am referring to here. And I think that there are just too many aspects of it now for any company to catch up to what WWE has done. And I'd love to be wrong. I think in some ways it's, a, it's, it's more difficult, as you well documented there. It's also a little bit easier because access to people is so much easier than it was back in the day. I mean, you had whatever it was, three channels... You know, only a few radio stations, so you could really, like, your chances of getting on, like, a television show or on a network or in front of millions of people was a lot uh, more difficult. Now, you just create a video, pop it on YouTube, go viral, boom. All of a sudden, your, your grumpy-looking cat is, is, <laughs> is, is more popular than Hulk and, Hogan. And is there, is there a grumpier <laughs> cat than Kevin Owens, really? That's actually a really good point, is now... It is much easier to get a foothold, but I think it's harder to climb the mountain. It's harder to stay there. You know, I mean, a viral video is only going to get you so far. So, yes, you have to be able to, to sustain that. Yeah. And that's that's the trick. But I think somebody is going to figure it out eventually. And, and, you know, I think, you know, people want, people like to be, you know, to go to work and talk at the water cooler about the same thing. People yeah. like to go have that commonality and and some of our generation kind of miss it you know we miss oh definitely going in like when you know when everybody was watching the same thing and you could go to school and everybody was talking about the same thing now you go in and you know some people are talking about the hockey game some people are talking about game of thrones some people are talking about whatever else was on some people are talking about wrestling so it's it's a you know some people are just like i don't watch tv like, right, right. What do you What do you do? You go cut down trees or something? So, uh, yeah. I mean, the the number of choices that are out there make it uh, a lot more problematic for that. But I still think, like I said, I mean, that would what you're suggesting is that there's no superstars out there of any sort right now, and there never will be. Well, it, it it's not, not wrestling for anything. Well, and it's not. Uh, you know, obviously, we've got our Brad Pitts, uh, we've got our Taylor Swifts. You know, we have people with worldwide worldwide recognition, but I I feel that we'll never have that same super celebrity that we had in the '80s 
um, your your Hulk Hogan's, your Mr. T's, uh, your Michael Jackson's. I just don't think that kind of all-encompassing uh, recognition is is. It's not the same. It may be a worldwide spread, but nobody's in awe of Taylor Swift. Nobody's in awe of any of the big celebrities we have now because we know too much. No, I disagree because, you know, there are people that I see on the Internet that are in awe of Taylor Swift. There's, you know, people in awe of Will Smith. Justin Timberlake. But in the same way that people had this this almost reverence for those those super celebrities of the 80s? Yes, and I say that because the celebrities of the 80s wouldn't have been as popular as they were because you mentioned Mr. T. You mentioned Hulk Hogan. Mm-hmm. Now, you got to admit, the Rocky movies helped both Hulk Hogan and Mr. T reach some stardom out there. Right. Mr. T had the A-team. Mr. T had a Saturday morning cartoon because, you know, he helped preach to the kids who were the good fan base to go after back Kids, eat your cereal, say your prayers. Uh, My buddy Hulk Hogan says. Hogan did that too. Yeah. And that's what uh, market is. They were going after the kids back then who had that limited access. Right. But I think the kids nowadays, there are going to be those people who still can reach the kids that are going to have that superstardom and it's going to last and grow if they are smart and just like Hogan just like Mr. T don't limit themselves to one form of entertainment they start to branch out to other forms also but that's my point is people branching out now is nothing special back then the fact that Hulk Hogan was in the wrestling ring and was in movies and was on Saturday Night Live was crazy the fact that he's got an album, it's crazy. Mr. T doing all the things he did was was made him a cultural phenomenon. Now people do that stuff, and it's like, well, yeah, that's what people do. Well, people did that too back then. Big celebrities did. It just wasn't like it was. It was different for wrestling. So I mean, when Hulk Hogan, you know, has a has a wrestling album, it's like, whoa, that's amazing. But you know, I mean, Shatner had an album. You know, Robert Mitchum had an album. Anne Margaret had albums. I mean, a lot of the the superstars of the day, even before Hulk Hogan, would put out records and stuff. So that wasn't really unusual. But they didn't catch fire in the same way. Yeah, and have I you don't transformer. I, <laughs> I don't think there's the potential for people to catch fire in that same way now. Oh, see, I, I think it, it's weird because I think also there's this switch of people like. It, it doesn't seem like... I saw... Uh, I think it was something that Craig Ferguson once said about how uh, experience and, eff- and effort and, and age was no longer cel- celebrated as much as uh, youth and inexperience and just plain stupidity is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and I don't even know if celebrated is the right word because sometimes it seems like it's more novel to somebody gets more popular now because of the uh, how little they do or how stupid they are. Um, certainly, you know the case of the Kardashians, Ugh. where they're like super powerful. I mean, like it's super popular. They, like right. you know, everybody knows who a Kardashian around the world. Yeah, and they've done so very little 
to to deserve that kind of popularity in terms of I mean what have they done? Right. Do they did they do they sing? Do they play a sport? Do they They don't have a talent. Do they act? No. They just are They just are. They just are. You know, they're <laughs> are. they're they're not even the most beautiful looking people. Right. They just they're just you know, they fall over themselves and uh, people just find that, you know, they like to point and, and, and snicker. And uh, and some people feel sorry for them. Uh, and, and that gets over. So you've got probably one of the most popular persons in the planet right now. Kim Kardashian does nothing. And, and so how, like, how do you, that's, that's like, if that can happen... Then somebody who's doing something, surely... You just hit on something. Very interesting. I hit on Kim all the time. (laughs) Um, Dude, you can do better than that. Okay. (laughs) Here, I I think we might have found the key to this conversation. The adoration of those people. Hogan, Mr. T, Michael Jackson, uh, Kiss... That pure adoration, admiration, um, that that desire, wow, if only that aspirational, if only I could be that awesome. Now we see these people, these like these Kardashians. We see them, we see their flaws. Uh, even John Cena uh, in The Rock, we, we see their human foibles. We see them on social media. We're constantly exposed to the fact that these people are human. And that, I think, may be the core of my argument, is now everybody is exposed. We see that everybody is human, and and there is no longer that... We, we don't have perfect people anymore. We don't have, like, look at, like, Clark Gable. Clark Gable perceived as this incredible human being, a lot of these old-school Hollywood stars before the age of, of, uh, you know, the dirt sheets even. I'm not even talking about the Internet. I'm talking about tabloids and stuff. You know, those Hollywood stars of of the 20s to 40s that were just gods. I mean, we don't don't understand this nowadays. Even I, I mean, I'm not claiming claiming comprehension here. I've just, I've, I've... heard interviews about and 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 know a little bit about Charlie Chaplin. Charlie Chaplin and Buster Keaton were the most known humans on the planet in their days. And people knew what they knew from the screen and what they knew from the newspapers and they didn't know anything about their private lives. They were gods among men and that carried into, you know, first you had the tabloids that started invading into these celebrities' lives, and then you had the internet that broke everything down. So that that's what I'm talking about, is that, that decay of the mystique, and that we can't ever go back. See, I disagree with you, because you're talking about the stars of the 40s, the 50s. They had the... Uh, the trials up in Washington for a lot of Hollywood people, Chaplin included, who were being accused of being communists and being brought to the trials trying to testify that, you know, they were not communists or they were communists, 
hurt a lot of reputation for famous people. Right, aside, but aside from that one specific incident, we did not have the window into their lives that we have now. And for those celebrities that the McCarthyism didn't injure, it just made them even more powerful because the common people watching those McCarthy trials didn't want to believe. Just like, look at Bill Cosby. Look at, I mean... I, you know, I hate to even bring that up because it's it's such a hard topic because I adore Bill Cosby and I can't even say it in the past tense because what's happened with him, I, I can't comprehend it. I still haven't processed what's going on with Cosby. Right. And honestly, prior to these revelations or these accusations, I don't even know how to refer to them. Prior to what has come out about Bill Cosby, I would have been listing him up there with Hogan and Mr. T and Kiss as a cultural phenomenon, as a universally adored icon. And now, things have changed. Right. Things have changed now, but, uh, you know, up up to a few years ago, it was the case. You know, where he would have been up there. Yeah. So, I mean, that... He's just as valid, you know, just because the stars fall doesn't mean that they were never up there. And, you know, since then we've learned a lot about, you know, some of those those heroes that were on mountains. We found out a lot of stuff that's happened that, that, that they were part of that were just like, oh, that's not cool. Well, and that's another interesting aspect of this is you actually brought up, and I don't know if we were recording yet or not, so I'll have to fill everybody in. Uh, you mentioned all of Hogan's... Uh, Hogan's no best. Uh, right, well... His divorce and, and stuff like and, that. And his infidelities and all, all of the dirty stuff that we now know about Hulk Hogan's life. Right. But we have to wonder, I mean, we know it, but has it really tarnished his reputation outside of the wrestling world? I mean, to me, when I look at Hogan in the context of wrestling, he's still the biggest name ever. Yeah, as a human, I don't think as much of him. But his his superstardom is essentially untarnished. But that's because he didn't. I mean, he was nothing that he did was that horrible. I mean, right. you know, infidelity is somewhat forgivable, and to some people it's even sexy. Yeah, right, right. Um, I mean, to case in point, I mean, you know, John Cena's had his right uh, bouts with infidelity and, and whatnot, and, and yet it doesn't seem to have tarnished his... Right. Mean, the people out there who are chanting John Cena sucks are not... <laughs> are not that. because of that, right? <laughs> Which is kind of a sad statement on society, I think. <laughs> well, it's we've learned to accept... People are not as shiny that we like to think they are. Right. You know, but there are instances like Bill Cosby when you hear something that's just to your core terrible. Right. That's that's uh, across the line. Right. That's right. that. I mean, it's just like um, you know, if you hear of a star that oh, turns out this person molested children. That's that, too much. Too much. Right. That's the that's end. Gone. And you were, you know, I like how you're saying. You know, people cannot be bigger than Kiss. Well, there were bands that were bigger than Kiss. Sure. The Beatles. The yeah, Beatles. absolutely. Elvis. And they did do cross-promotion. They did films. But can the Beatles or Elvis happen again in modern society? Yes. 
We just haven't found it yet. I don't know. I, I just how long did how long between when music started being recorded till we got to Elvis? Mm-hmm. I mean, music was recorded back what nineteen twenties and before, and it took us to the fifties to get Elvis. Right. You know, it's it's doesn't it's going to be hard to find that shiny star. Well, that's the thing is nobody in this era is going to shine like Elvis did. It's it's not possible because we see all of those ugly little details we have and also everybody now unfortunately has the ability just like we're doing to voice their opinion. True. And back then everybody you, then did too. I mean, Elvis wasn't you know revered as soon as he hit the stage, as a matter of fact, a lot of people hated it. Sure, parents hated it. Yeah, you know he was. You know, well, that's a key. Not, to be fair, to, move. to yeah. be fair, parents hating him is a key element of any right. successful rock and roll Mom star. Mom and Dad hate him. I love him. <laughs> right, him, right. That's but he you, can't see. I don't care. If you can check that box out of the game, you're going to be in better off. It's well, a, and that's the key. I mean, that's like I said. If something, you know, someone was to tap into that again. I do think it's possible to, to to become a worldwide phenomenon. I don't think that's, you know, done. As a matter of fact, it should be more possible than ever because of the the availability that people have to the internet now and, and to the world. But I'm whether not- or not, you know, it's just going to have to be special enough and unique enough and and pioneering enough. I mean, you have to be you have to be the right person at the right place, at the right time, which is not something... I mean, sure, if we if, if we could bottle it, hell, I'd do it, you know? I'd make sure that Tiki Zombie was, like, <laughs> the biggest thing, like, since Peanuts, you know? Like, <laughs> but well, it's, it's it, you know, it, it's not an easy thing, but I, I have to believe that it's at least possible because of the, what's out there. I mean, people haven't changed. Some of the media has changed, and some of the way we get things have, have changed, but... Overall, people have not radically changed in in that short of time. I but that's the thing is I'm I'm not talking about recognition. I'm talking about reverence. I'm talking about the esteem that these people were held in at at the apex of their careers. And I'm saying that it's just can't. The, the same kind of... Man, that move is insane. <laughs> Kevin Owens just did some kind of flippy, twirly brain buster to John Cena off the ropes, and it's ridiculous. Um, if anybody can be Hulk Hogan again, it's Kevin Owens. No, that's ridiculous. I'm, I didn't... I don't mean that. Uh, <laughs> You're quoted. <laughs> uh, no, stop. Uh, I, I j- that... I'm... I don't want to repeat myself, but I feel like the availability of information now has taken away any possibility of that physique. Physique? The physique. I'm talking about Kevin Owens, Owens again. Yeah, he's um, the physique. That uh, the the mystique and the magic and and the 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 human wonder. When we look at Michael Jackson in in when Thriller came out. I mean, you know, plenty of people have made probably better music videos than Thriller. 
But when that came out... That's, that's hard to say, man. That's John Landon right there. That's John Landon with Vincent Price on there. Yeah, maybe that was... A, they've made better videos than Beat It. How about that? Um, we'll go with that one. But you look at him and he seems more than human. It, that all of these people that I'm that we're talking about tonight, they all seem like they're just slightly more than human. Like, you can't even imagine looking at them, like, or like having a conversation with them, or being in the same room with them. They're, they're these almost divine beings, and I, I think humans can't aspire to that anymore. I, I don't see anybody achieving that at this point, because as soon as somebody starts to get big, the internet, the media, the paparazzi start digging into them and start tearing them down and making, trying to make them less than human. I think, uh, I think in the realm of, of pop music, uh, there that, that continues to make uh, and turn out, crank out iconic individuals. Beyonce, whether it be Jay-Z. Madonna. Or Beyonce, or Lady Gaga, or Justin Bieber. I mean, these the they just keep happening, and these people and um, uh, the dude that bring that brought sexy back. Who's that guy? Justin Timberlake. Yeah, yeah. I mean, these guys are these guys are worldwide phenomena. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, th- I think out of everybody you guys named, Timberlake is probably the one that I think has come closest. To achieving, he's the one I couldn't remember. That <laughs> right, which clearly proves my point. Mike Gordon can't even remember the guy's name, but I think he's close to a god. Uh, but no, I do, I do wow. think uh, he has come the closest because Beyonce. When you can't bring up Beyonce without people talking, oh, well, her and Jay Z and her all of her problems. And yes, but again. Recognition and reverence are two different things. But I don't know if reverence is needed to be the next huge wrestling star or the next huge thing. Well, no, and it's not. But I'm talking in the the terms of that 80s cult of personality versus whatever it is we have now. We can't have that same magic. It's just like, why can't we have 80s movies anymore? Why can't the Goonies or Indiana Jones, or why can't those kinds of movies happen anymore? Give it a couple what of happened? years and remake them. <laughs> oh, you just made I mean, me even sadder than this conversation I mean, already on, was. Look, it's 2015. We got the Terminator, Jurassic right, Park, right. and Mad Max coming let me, out. Let me pause Star for Star Wars too. Let me just yep. pause for a moment. What is up with those Terminator posters? I don't know. If is, I've seen okay, wait. Have you seen the second trailer? Um, I, is it the one where John Connor, shitty CGI John Connor, is revealed as being a Terminator? Yeah, the one that makes you just go, you just crapped on the entire series. Right? Why even? I don't, I don't get it. But with the new Terminator posters, you should really Google them when you have a chance. Uh, they are the shittiest photoshopping I have ever seen in my life. They're like jokes. Like, it looks like something The Onion would have done. 
Oh God! They're so bad. I think I think movie poster art is is almost lost. Except for Kung Fury. Well, have yeah. you seen the Kung Fury movie poster? It looks like a Drew Struzan painting. <laughs> it's freaking amazing. I don't well, know if it's true. because they're trying to bring back oh, right. Yeah, they're trying to, right, but that's you know. And then of course the alternative ones, the ones that like Mondo do, are those are those are incredible. Yes, but oh, but those actual, aren't the mainstream posters. No, the mainstream posters are just Photoshop. They're all cast pictures. Well, that's that's because you don't. <coughs> with the modern technology today, you don't need the poster to help sell. Uh, right, right. The movie. You put out the trailer, the teaser. Dude, sometimes you don't even need the trailer. I I have said several times now that Age of Ultron didn't need a trailer. All it needed was a black screen with the logo and some dude saying, Hey, we're doing another Avengers movie. Check it out. Yeah, does Star Wars really need a trailer? No! Well... Actually, we need well, after actually, you know what, I, I, I take that back. <laughs> that was a poor example because it, it absolutely did. <laughs> yes. Because that second trailer really got people much more excited than I yeah. thought people would ever be for a Star Wars movie again. Well, the I mean, the Han and Chewie. Yes, I mean, people were crying. Uh, I was yeah, crying. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I freaking yeah. teared up. Yep. You just go back and play that fifteen seconds over. And, and the thing is, the first trailer sold me because I loved the fact that they didn't pull out the old cast members just to get that nostalgia. Right. They showed us new, exciting things, and those things had momentum on their own. Like, we had re- really had no frame of reference for anything that they showed us in the first Force Awakens teaser, and it was still compelling. We were still like, what is that? Well, they did end with the Falcon being chased right. by Titan right. Riders, which was But it was the tag at the end. Score. Yeah. And, uh... But it was on an unfamiliar planet, unfamiliar setting. What is going on? Is it a Star Destroyer on the ground? What is happening here? Or um, why is this guy a Stormtrooper? And, and clearly, the the emphasis was on the new, which right. was a brave choice to make. And most studios would not have made that choice. They would have carted Luke and Han and Leia out in front of us as soon as they could, and they didn't. Uh so I was sold from the first one, but yeah, that second one when they, when Han and Chewie show up the end, and holy that crap! Actually, you know, help prove my point as well. I mean, if people can start thinking about Star Wars like that again, then it should be possible that people can feel that way about anything. <laughs> well, see, but this kind of helps my just point too. Believe it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we should stop there. Ugh. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. It, to a certain extent, though, it proves everybody's point because they did have they did tote out the old guard. True, but here's my question: because you're talking about the gods and stuff sure, like that. sure. Um, Which, you, by the way, real quick, let me just say: if you're interested in the the whole idea of modern gods and pop culture deities, you really need to be reading the Wicked and the Divine by uh, Kieran Gillen and Jamie McKelvey. One of the best comic books I've ever read, and it delves into the subject matter that we're talking about right now. And if it wasn't for that comic, I probably wouldn't have had any of these concepts wow. that we're discussing. It's it's really powerful stuff. Go, Jason. Um, you're talking about gods and stuff like that from the 80s. You yes. mentioned, you know, Mr. T, Hulk Hogan. Yes. I think today we have more gods than we realize because we have directors and movie producers Mm -hmm. who are gods nowadays. It's a lot of people. Back in the 80s, you couldn't say, you know, there were very few you could name off. Lucas, Spielberg, that 
everybody knew who they were. Nowadays, you got J.J. Abrams, Brian Singer. Um, you got oh, the guy who does uh, Jerry Bruckheimer. People know who Jerry Bruckheimer is, who's a producer that has brought a bunch of franchises forward. So they realize, oh, it's a Jerry Bruckheimer film. I'm going to like it. I think, actually, that serves to support my point more because now we have all of the stardom spread out across more people because we're more aware of these people that you're talking about. In the 80s, we had, what, Scorsese, Spielberg? I mean, how many how many directors could your guy on the street name? Right. Now, everybody knows Joss Whedon and Brian Singer and all these guys... Uh, well, I say everybody. Look, I want to make it absolutely clear. Dorkdom does not represent the majority of the population. I work in a place where people think that all of the Batman movies are in continuity. I'm talking Tim Burton to Christopher Nolan to Gotham on TV. The people that I work with think these are all continuity. So the world at large still doesn't know the stuff that we're talking about. I right. Know that, I know that there are people out there that think Stan Lee created Batman. Right. So, I mean, it, 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 yeah, you're right. I mean, there's a, there's a, there, that's why it's a little bit difficult to, you know, see outside of our window sometimes. You know, I, 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 I talked to someone just the other day and I was mentioning that I was going to Timegate, a doctor, and they said, what's that? And I said, it's a Doctor Who science fiction. <laughs> what's that? And they said, Doctor Who? Man, I haven't heard that in like thirty years. Uh-huh. And I was like, "Wow!" Like Doctor Who is more popular now than I think ever. than it has ever been. Absolutely, you know, worldwide figure and everything mm. like that. But yet, this guy uh, knew the name, but he just hadn't heard it in that long. And I'm like, "Wow! How is that?" Man, it's like I guess I need to get out like more because I just don't. <laughs> you just don't know. Like, well, we're insulated being. Uh, Geeks, and maybe that does prove your point in a way that you know it's like then it, since everybody's doing their own thing, everybody's got their own channel. They're not just sharing and having to make do with the limited number of channels that we had growing up. Instead of three channels, everybody's got their own. That it is harder to cross over to all those channels to make sure that hey, I'm known, right. And well, and think about radio. All right, here here is I think a very good example. Think about radio in the eighties. The top forty was the top forty. Everybody knew those forty songs because there was nowhere else to go. R and B, pop, you know, rock, all of it, all of that stuff. Everybody was listening to the same music. Everybody knew Whitney Houston. Everybody knew Van Halen because that's. That was it. It was all on one We channel. all knew it. Right. Now. Good old days. What is the top? Seriously. I mean, it's funny because I, I went over a decade of my life disparaging pop music. But now I look back on the 80s and how truly diverse the music was that was happening then. And granted, we've got so much more music now. It's so much more accessible. You can find any crazy... If you want to listen to Norwegian death metal polka, there's a band out there for you. But back in the 80s, 
when Whitney Houston put out a new single, we were all talking about it. Whether we particularly liked Whitney Houston or not, she was part of our consciousness. She she you penetrated regardless. Now, that just does not happen. I think, like I said, I mean, I think the the... And granted, now, I mean, Lady Gaga's, what, probably about 10 years old? Yeah. As far as her popularity? And and from what I understand, blew it with her last album. Jason, you probably have a little better grasp on that than we do. Yeah, her last album was not as... Well, what did it do to her? Like, what, regardless of the quality of it... it I no, mean, her, her, last album, her last album was big. But she's not as present as she was. She's not as present now, but her last album came out. A while ago, she right? Hasn't, she hasn't done anything. But when that yeah. album she's hit, been, she's been touring and, and recording with Tony Bennett lately. So right. That and a lot of people like you know think that's a big step back for her, but she wants to do that. So that's what her thing is right now. But but that's I mean we all know that's a a, a phase. I mean she'll go right back to the oh sure whatever her yeah. next project is she'll do whatever she wants right. Whatever her next project is, people will tune in, and depending on how successful and how big that is, you know, I mean, she still has the potential to maintain her uh, her, her status. Uh, she's still followed by millions and millions of what you call them, animals or uh, creatures, little monsters, little monsters. monsters. That's right. Clearly, we're all very cool in this room. <laughs> we are. We are with it. And, and, you know, uh, Timberlake's the same way. Uh, you know, I know that there's others out there, but, you know, I, I don't know how big they are. You well, know? I mean, you can say the same thing with Adele. She hasn't come out with an album in a while now. Mike, I don't know who that is. <laughs> really? Really. Wow. What did you say? Adele. Adele. Yeah, I don't know what that is. Yeah, she's... What's uh, her song? Um... Rolling in the deep. Yeah, she hit, she hit it pretty big uh, a couple years ago, and then she hit it so big it was. You know, she, she was she, she had two big like huge album that everybody bought, and but the thing is, and the, and the, and the thing they're breakup was, albums. And the thing that yeah, and the thing that was amazing was that she was not like it wasn't auto tuned. It was like she's a real singer. Like she can really belt these songs out, and she's not your prototypical like. You know, uh, skinny pop figure. I mean, she's you know kind of a bigger girl. full figure. Yeah, full figure. Not to say she's on. A, she's not a, a body figure. positive. But she uh, no shaming here. And, That's uh, right. Look at us. Um, and <laughs> well, you can. Well, <laughs> right. We'll, we'll put us so thankful. Yeah, for that. we will not include a picture with um, the show. But you know, she decided. I guess I think she was pregnant. and She decided to, to you know, well, she hold fell, back for a while. She fell in love. She found a boyfriend. She got happy. Oh, that probably ruined her music. Huh? That, that did because all of her songs <laughs> previously were about bad breakups. Right now, she finds a boyfriend. She's about to have a baby. So she's oh starting. no! So there goes you know the artistic. It's like Keith Richards getting off drugs. It's like there'd uh, be a bigger supply. You know, <laughs> I don't know how big Amy Winehouse would have been if she hadn't died. Right. You know, I died. You know, so you know, but I think you know the the templates there. And I think it just really takes, again, special individual to break through. And I, and I always think that that's possible. I mean, I guess since I'm creating stuff, I kind of have to think that that's possible. Right, right. I mean, I, and hopeful that it's that I can grab a piece of it for myself. But, <laughs> I, you know, that 
And it's not about... Look, it's not... I'm not... I'm not I don't do what I do because I want to be the most popular guy on the planet. No, of course do not. What of I course do. not. No, no, no. I, I, you know, I'd like to have some cash. Um, so, yeah, the, 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 the wealth is, is, was, is more preferable to me at this point than the fame would be. Mm. But yet, just the, to, the idea of, you know, creating something to kind of, to hit that universal nerve, you know, in a good way. Not to piss people off, <laughs> but uh, not the Cosby nerve. It's something that so there's some like some like you know because you, you want to hit some, the you want to hit the Groot nerve, not the Cosby nerve. That's right, the Cosby <laughs> nerves of all drugged and alcohol give it to you. <laughs> the the, the, the see so you, you're you're tapping into something that might be like true, you know. Right, that's a truth to everybody. That everybody can relate to, and and that's uh, something that you know would be really a positive thing. Uh, and I think most of the figures that we've talked about had something, some part about them, even as messed up as some of those individuals were, uh, behind the scenes, where they did at least represent that or have part of that in them. Uh, and I and I always I, I kind of hope that's possible. And see, viewing a god varies because you know we've mentioned Kiss multiple times here. The 80s and the 90s were considered the worst time for kids. Oh, sure. They sure. didn't really come back to the stardom they have now until they got the reunion, put the makeup back on. Right. Gene Simmons got his reality TV show that's airing you know, on A&E constantly. So if it wasn't for them going back to their roots from the 70s and you know, bringing back the action figures, doing the cross... Uh, bringing back the comics that they brought back in, you know, late 90s, early 2000s, they wouldn't be the stars and gods they are now where you could go to somebody in Sweden and go, oh, this is Kiss, because they might not have known a band from the 70s to put on makeup. Well, and they recognize the value of that mystique and of that image uh, that that they had lost. And I totally understand, not, not that I'm comparing myself to Kiss in any way, but, uh, you know, I understand wanting to, to come out and be yourself, but clearly for them that was not the the best decision, and they recognized the power of what they'd created before yeah. to, to return to it. Um, well, the funny thing, the, the return for Kiss really was the Unplugged album they did. That's kind of what started the ball rolling. Is it really? Yeah, because that for the unplugged. That was the v- did, for part of the VH1 series, right? Uh, MTV. Or, okay, that's right. It was MTV. Yeah. Oh, back when music. back when MTV actually had music. They brought you know Ace Freely back, Peter Chris back, right, right, with the current lineup of Bruce Kulick and Eric Singer, right, and that kind of everybody's like. Oh my God! This is the band from when I grew up. So that got them going. Like, man, we need to do something here with this momentum that we got. We need going. to catch this magic while we've got it, right? Yeah. Because I mean, they still, you know, and this is we're talking about Kiss is, and this just goes to show you how interchangeable Kiss is because they still have the makeup on. They're still touring, but again, H Freely's not involved anymore. Right? It's just Gene, Peter, just Chris, Gene and Paul, just right? Gene and Paul. Yeah. And that's it. And they've there's, said that there's a plan that Gene has that the franchise that, that that once they're once they're done, Kiss will still perform. Kiss will still go on. It just won't be 
You know, it'll just be four guys right. in the outfit. It won't be, you know, <laughs> any of the original members. The kids right. franchise. Right. Okay, right. you're going to have to sign here, pay us the 50% royalty. And, and well, honestly, that, honestly, I, I don't know... I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know if I think that's good or bad. I mean, if it's if it's entertaining people, and how if is it's, it any worse? I went to see Foreigner, and there was no original members in right, Foreigner. Right, it might as well have been a Foreigner cover band. Well, and if they're playing good music and you're having a good time, who cares? That's like, I mean, Dead Milkman, Joe Jack Talcum's the only surviving member, and he's touring, and it's the Dead Milkman, and they're putting on great shows. Well, so, whatever. Skinner's the same way. There's only, right, right. There's only Nobody's what, left. One, two. Is anybody? Members? Are any of them? I think one or there's two. There's one Van Zant left now, right? That's it. But he's not even one of the original members. The oh, Van really? Zant, the lead singer, <laughs> is the little brother of the original. Oh my gosh! Yeah, there's like one or two original members. So now we're talking about legacy bands. So like. Leonard Skinner is now like the Wally West of rock and roll. <laughs> well, Leonard Skinner, Creedence Clearwater Revival. Yeah, right, revival. CCR, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, the 80s, we had Menudo. And Menudo, you, you laugh, but Menudo was this boy pop Well, band. they were rotating. They rotated. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Ricky Martin was in Menudo. Right. There's still Menudo nowadays, well, but Ma- they rotate. Right, Menudo was a concept created by a producer, Menudo right? Perform. Right. Really? I did see Menudo perform. Wow. Yeah. That's kind of awesome. Ricky Martin there, or... What is... I, you know what? I, I, I have blocked most of that day from my memory, but... <laughs> Understandable. Uh, I, I don't... I don't remember who was part of them at the time. I'd have to do some research, and it's possible that he was part of the band at that time. But it was actually part of a, a class field trip that we did. Uh, for my, like, I was taking Spanish in high school, and we decided to, let's go see Menudo. So we did. So Okay. And you know, the coolest thing about that, though, and it's really off topic, but the coolest thing about that day was that as we drove to the concert, it was in Boston, and they were shooting Spencer for Hire. And as our bus pulled in... <laughs> Our bus was at a stoplight near the park, and they were shooting Spencer for Hire there, and Robert Urich was there and having a cup of joe. Wow. And we all, like, went to the window. We're like, hey! And he waved to us and everything like that, and I was like, I'll never forget that day. I mean, he's just, like, he was a he was an icon. Yeah. Like, especially, I mean, yeah. he, you know, we loved that show, and even though he wasn't from Boston, he was, the you know, one of ours, you know, because he was shooting a show there, and uh, we just, that was awesome. Wow. Spencer for hire. Nice yeah, call. Avery back. Brooks, the first uh, yeah, role yeah, yeah, for I Captain Cisco from Star Trek. Boy, is he! Let me. I I have started watching Deep Space Nine, and Cisco is a freaking lunatic. My gosh! All right, um, I want to hit on two things before we close it out. Uh, going with what Mike just said, uh, I want to go with sort of the the oddest, most obscure concert you've ever attended. Mine. Uh, me and some friends of mine, one year, went to Music Midtown specifically with the intent of seeing what we thought was going to be a covert REM performance. Uh, this is not widely known. I'm a pretty big fan of REM. Seems like it's outside of my wheelhouse, but I don't know what it is. I like REM, particularly automatic for the people in Monster. So, we went to Music Midtown because there was a band named Five Chinese Brothers performing. We had heard a rumor that R.E.M. sometimes would go and perform around Athens under the name Five Chinese Brothers. And we thought, holy shit, R.E.M.'s going to be on the 
tertiary stage at Music Midtown. We're going to go down there, and this was before tickets for Music Midtown cost $280 or uh, whatever they cost yeah, now. Yeah. And back um, when Music Midtown was a legitimate company, uh, right, not what it is now. Right, not a corporate whatever, although it's probably still corporate. But anyway, we went down there. We, uh, we watched uh, a, a 90s band do a cover of another 90s band song which was really weird. Uh, the, like, the Toadies covered a Space Hog song or something. I don't know. It was strange. Uh, and then we found our the little tiny, you know, tur- not even the second stage, the, the third stage, sponsored by Hops Pops Brewery or whatever it was. And we were like, all right, this is it. Five Chinese brothers, come on. I'm looking at my wrist right now as though I'm wearing a watch. As far as you guys know, I am wearing a watch. Uh, all right, five Chinese brothers go on at 325. This is going to be fucking sweet. There's only like 10 other people here, and we're there's going to be 14 of us watching REM play right in the middle of downtown Atlanta. And we hung out for, and finally, the stage, uh, they turned off the music, and these guys came out on stage and started playing some weird music that we'd never heard of, and it wasn't REM. It was some band called Five Chinese Brothers, and we were like, well, shit, and we went home. <laughs> Jason, weirdest or most obscure, odd show that you've ever ended up seeing? I, unfortunately, this is... There's uh, no unfortunate here. Yeah, no, this is. Oh. <laughs> uh, I went with a fellow worker. Uh, we went to work, unfortunately, in the merchandising, or trying to help promote a girl pop band at some, like, Nickelodeon show. Oh, I like where this is going. Lakewood. And I mean, it's all these kid, I forget the name of the band. Sure. I just remember some obscure, because we even got to meet them on the bus yeah, in the background. Yeah. Right. Uh, but it was just so out of my wheelhouse. It's almost like you're sitting there, you're like, you don't have kids, but... Right. I don't want to go... Am I, like, I going to be arrested for being here? Yeah. Right. <laughs> I'm sitting right. there like, Oh, they, I'm, I'm I'm with her, and I'm just like I'm not leaving your side because yeah. I don't want to be looking like some pedophile. Right, I don't need to be stared at yeah. to this degree. Yeah, oh, that sounds awkward and horrible, and I wish it was on video. There was that, but then there, oh, there's another one that's uh, this is like near the end of my music retail days. I was uh, I think it was like ninety five five. No, it wasn't Hot one hundred point five or some rap. Station there, okay, okay. a birthday show at Lakewood Amphitheater, and my store, since it was the urban store, sure, was chosen to go work there. That means I had to be there. Yeah, yeah. Here I am, the lone white boy, catching <laughs> RB concert and stuff like that, trying to push this music. I, I'm truth at the time I didn't listen to, right? Because you know, but. I'm there. I, you got to do your job. I met Exhibit. Oh, I met Foxy go. Brown. Exhibit. Exhibit. Pimp Your Ride. Right, right, the show. I'm trying to think of his song, though. I, I he was funny, it. though. Pimp Your Ride was, even though I didn't care about pimping rides, Pimp Your Ride was a good show. I enjoyed yeah, that. Even though now it ended up being fake. Oh, was it? Well, I mean, reality shows, obviously, it's yeah. fake. All right, last topic. Uh, before oh, we close yeah. it out, I guess Menudo. Yeah, Menudo was. I can't. Uh, nobody's beating Menudo. <laughs> um, last topic before we close it out. Uh, one movie that 
you've seen recently that you'd like to just recommend, like, I, people need to see this movie. I'm on a big tear, still on a big tear for The Babadook. Uh, if you have not yet seen it, to me, uh, it is up there with The Exorcist and Hellraiser for being dark and disturbing and scary. Uh, and it is also layer upon layer of just psychological intensity. Uh, I've, I've watched it several times now. We saw it, we, we watched it on demand paid our 10 bucks or whatever to watch it same day as theaters or whatever it is they do uh, and it went on Netflix shortly after that despite the fact that it was on Netflix for free I bought the Blu-ray because I wanted to see the short film that inspired it all the bonus features I am just absolutely taken with this movie uh, the, the very low budget very smartly done practical effects and just terrifyingly creepy and disturbing uh, highly recommended. If you have not checked out The Babadook, check it out. It's on Netflix. You can watch it for free. Uh, you don't have to buy the Blu-ray. But but give that a shot. What about you guys? Is there anything you've seen recently that maybe is kind of under the radar? Something yes. you think maybe people missed? What do you got? Yes, The Loft. The Loft. It just recently came out on home video. Okay. Uh, it has some big names. It has Carl Urban. Okay. Uh, James Marsters. Good so far. Um, it has Wentworth Miller. Oh, yeah. It has... Captain Cold. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Eric Overstreet, who plays one of the gay couples in Modern Family. Lost me on that one. Uh, but they're like the four main characters. Okay. And it's it's a psychological thriller. Uh-huh. And, I mean, seriously, you're watching it, you're like, oh, I know who did this. I know what happened. Right. Um, Throws but, you for a loop. Yeah, the ending is just like, holy crap, didn't see that coming. Yeah. Because it all starts out as as five guys who have a key to a loft Mm. uh, so they can have their extramarital affairs or anything they want to do freaky. That's not going anywhere good. And one guy walks in one morning, and there's a dead woman handcuffed to the bed, uh, knife beside her, blood there, and there's like this Latin phrase written on there, like, our futures will meet again. Oh, boy, so and, freaky. Yeah, and they're sitting there, you know, it flashes back. Well, plot-wise, plot we'll cut you off there, because honestly, I'm sold already. Just just from the names you mentioned, uh, Carl Urban... He, dude, I love that man. To me, came out of nowhere. First, he's McCoy, and is fantastic. And then he's Judge Dredd, and... I mean, those two roles alone he's have me. Almost I actually have his autograph from like a while ago when he was on Xena. Like he came up for Dragon Con. What was he on Xena? His stupid. And no he kidding. Was also, um, uh, Caesar. Oh wow! No, I don't know if he was Caesar. Or if he was, I don't know. He played another character. It's been a while. since Some Roman Caesar, dude. But yeah, well, but he did, he did two roles on there, and uh, he was up uh, at Dragon Con with the um, Alexander. Alexandra Tidings, who was uh, Goddess of Love, okay, ID on Xena, and so they they had a table, and and I met both of them, and uh, I got my picture with uh, Aphrodite, and uh, but Carl was there too. He's very nice, uh, and yeah, I I've been kind of watching his career since then because he, he you know I love almost everybody who was on that show. Wow, yeah, yeah, he was great in Doom. Even though that wasn't that great. Movie. Oh yeah, that's right. No, I dug Doom. I thought. I mean, um, it's not. You know, it's not amazing, but I dug him, and I. I mean, The Rock is turning evil. Yeah. Spoiler alert. If you haven't seen Doom, Doom. <laughs> but he was 
he was great and almost human. Sad to see that show end I, was canceled. Yeah, I didn't see that at all. Oh, dude, you go back and you, if you get a chance, try to find it. Yeah, I'm Not sure. sure it's, Netflix, I'm sure it's somewhere. But it was. I heard good things. It was a great show that you're just like, why is this ending? Because uh, it was too good. Mike, do you have a do you have a weird, obscure, or under the radar movie at all? Not a, or a TV radar. show even. Well. um... Not that I can think of, although I do want to say uh, last week I saw uh, Tomorrowland, and it's been getting mixed reviews. Yeah, yeah. I'm on the very, very, very positive uh, end of that movie. Um, I loved it, um, so I definitely recommend people check it out. Um, I think the way it was marketed, people, almost everybody I talked to have seen it, that has seen it, whether they liked it or not. Uh, say the same thing. I thought it was going to be different. Like, I wasn't really expecting what I got. So I think it was marketed very poorly. I think Disney's already given up on it, which is never a good sign, but... Uh, for, Tron 3 because of it. For, well, that's that's what the media is saying. Yeah, right. we don't, I don't, think we don't that, know but that. I, it reminded me, in addition to the Disney movies I liked when I was growing up, like Escape from Witch Mountain and those kind of movies, Sure. Uh, it reminded me of that kind of style. Um... It also was very much uh, a, a movie about hope and, and positivity in 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 geek culture and media and you know just in life. Yeah. Which I don't think we have that many of those. Yeah. Uh, I definitely think that if you ever have a, a double feature of that and Mad Max uh, Fury Road, <laughs> you should probably watch Tomorrowland afterwards, just because you, you know you'll have some hope for the future. As 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 cool and as exciting as an apocalyptic future will be, Tomorrowland is is going to be a little bit more grounded for you, I think. I, I will say though, Mad Ma- Fury Road had a much more positive conclusion than the other Mad Max That's movies. True. That's true, um, and uh, they're very different movies. But I think you know because a lot of people were expecting something different. I think Tomorrowland's gotten. I'm not saying it's perfect, but it it, it touched something. Uh, in me very personally mm. and uh, I, I really really enjoyed it I talked about it on the last ESO but um, I definitely think that people should give that film a shot yeah and I, because of your endorsement I, I very much want to uh, That that's on my priority list before seeing Mad Max again which is pretty high on my priority uh, yeah, list I, mean, I, I, don't, I don't blame you because uh, yeah especially if you go see it in 3D man now Tomorrowland wasn't offered in 3D so that no Tomorrowland well, Tomorrowland was in IMAX. In IMAX, but that's not, you know. Right, was, right. Yeah. yeah, that's just... So, I think that really tells you right off the bat that Disney didn't really feel uh, confident. Yeah, right, right. Well, Disney, right. I think, for the last major films they've done, they haven't really marketed it properly. Because, I mean, I thought... Oh, yeah, they really messed up on Avengers. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, see, that's a whole different thing. That, that, is, that is... And weren't we just giving them credit for their brilliant Star Wars yeah. That is a whole different thing, and we got to wrap up before we go off into a whole other tangent. Which I think it's interesting. This this started in in one aspect of conversation and, and went off in a totally different that direction. Never happened, right? Exactly. That's, Nerdum is all uh, around. Right, us. but uh, thank you guys for sticking around after the pay per view and having this conversation. Um, Mike, put over your stuff. 
Where can we find you online? You what are you doing? At, uh, do you have a new CD out? I do actually have a new <laughs> CD out. Uh, um, actually, we recorded a uh, music, uh, some music for the uh, based inspired by the Tiki Zombie comic. So uh, that should be available pretty soon online. But you can go to tikizombie.net. You can go to newlegendmike.com. You can go to newlegendproductions.com to find out about all my books and. CDs and audio stuff, and as well as uh, the podcast that I do, of course, Earth Station One, which is weekly. Uh, you can find that at um, where is that EarthStation1.com? ESO ESOPodcast.com or ESOPodcast.com. I think ESONetwork.com also takes you there, but <laughs> they try to cover the bases. We do. Uh, Jason, I know you've got a Twitter handle, and every once in a blue moon, you'll write something for the site. Uh, hopefully you'll have something new coming up soon for NeedlessThingsSite.com. But uh, what's your Twitter handle? Uh, Jason R. Frazier, F-R-A-Z-I-E-R, um, is my Twitter handle. Uh, I was kind of thinking about writing about Stephen Amell, especially with uh, wrestling coming up. Yeah, absolutely. Because, I mean, I just... I, I gotta admit, I have a man crush on him. I want to be him. Yeah, who doesn't? I, I, I was going to say, like, that... Right now... That's the guy. He's the man, isn't he? Yeah, he is. I mean, you know, I I just, I'll admit that. (laughs) Um, And if you guys listening, if you have any suggestions or comments about the show, send them to phantomtroublemaker at gmail.com, or you can check out the Needless Things page on Facebook, or join the new Needless Things podcast group on Facebook where you can talk to all of us and tell us what you want to hear or be on the show. Uh, Send your suggestions and ideas in and we'd love to hear them. Uh, Thanks for listening and we'll be back next time with more really nerdy talk. Thanks a lot, guys. You're welcome. (laughs) My pleasure. I was like, are we done? (laughs) I don't know Uh, what to say. According to my diet beverage, I am a trendsetter. Let me tell you guys, this trend is taking a while to set in. Spread the word about Needless Things, the site and the podcast, uh, needlessthingssite.com. You can find the podcast there and stream it, or you can download it from iTunes and Stitcher. Uh, I had fun with that. I love that we were just like, let's record, and we did it. So if you liked that and you enjoyed more of that, or you want more of that, let us know. Join the new Facebook group. Needless Things Podcast. Shoot us an email at phantomtroublemaker at gmail.com and let, let me know if you enjoyed that. And we can do more because I guarantee we'll be watching more pay-per-views and it's not hard for a bunch of dudes to sit around talking after the pay-per-view is over. Uh, who knows what kind of topics could possibly come up. I think I think that was a really fun, random one. There's a lot of energy because of the spontaneity of the conversation. So... You know, let us know if you liked it. We'll do it again, probably with with uh, additional folks, even because I, I think we'll have a bigger turnout for the next pay per view. Uh, we'll see what happens, and and it won't necessarily be wrestling. So remember to go to TikiZombie.net or NewLegendProductions.com 
Check out Welcome to Tiki Z's. Uh, check out the website and find out where Mark Gordon's going to be as well. And that's all I got. I'm literally right now stopping this, going upstairs to pack to go to the beach, to go to Wilmington, North Carolina. If you're there, let me know. We'll hang out. I love you guys. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network, your station for all things geek, classic, current, and beyond. Be part of the crew at esonetwork.com.